Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals, the podcast that allows every therapist, nail tech and stylist to level up, build their career and reach for their dreams. Each episode we'll be looking at a different area of the industry and along the way I'll be chatting with salon owners, industry leaders and experts who'll be sharing their stories on how they achieved their goals, made their successes, all to inspire you in your business and career. I'm Sue Davies, your host, award-winning salon owner and industry professional. Welcome to Inspiring Salon Professionals. Hey there, and welcome to this week's episode. On this one, I'm going to be talking about vision and your vision for when you do your salon business startup. Um, It's a bit of an overview of where to begin, understanding your why, how to find it and what you're going to do with it, really. So when you decide that you're going to open your own salon business of whatever kind, be it mobile, home salon or a fully fledged um, commercial premises, you really, really need to have a good understanding of why you're doing it and what your overall goal is. It does sound a little bit obvious, doesn't it? But it is really, really important because if you don't get this set in stone before you start, you'll find that you end up going down routes that maybe you didn't think you were going to. So you need to have a very clear plan um, of what it is that you're trying to achieve. But nowadays we are seeing so often girls and lads coming out of college and finishing courses as graduates and coming into industry thinking that they have to be um, solopreneurs. And this seems to have come from a lot of different things that are seen on social media where, you know, there's all of those types of influencers that are shown to be living the perfect life and all of that kind of stuff. And running your own business is not as simple as it comes across. And so today we're just going to kind of have a little bit of a look around how that works and about what kind of skills you need and what you need to do to take that forward. There's so many routes into industry and you'll find on season one there's a whole um tranche of episodes all around career pathways and different ways you can work in the industry and if you are starting out it may be worth just going back to that and having a look just seeing all the different ways that you can work and maybe experiencing some of those if you're young free single and you know footloose and fancy free go and jump on a cruise ship oh goodness me that was a fantastic episode and um and samantha who i spoke to on that interview just opened that world up and how fantastic it can be So and it gives you so much experience and because you have to work under very, very unusual conditions on a cruise ship. It's nothing like it would be in a salon over here. And it really, really does give you so many different skills that you can then use later in your career. I think really what I'm trying to say is you don't have to learn your skills and immediately become a business owner. There's many, many other things you can do that will set you up better for a stage later in your career when you then can open your own salon business. Honing those skills of face-to-face client experience and gaining an understanding of what it takes to be a mature professional with skills that you can then take on into another business is really, really important. But if you're determined that you're going to go and do this now, then let's look at some of the ways that we can um, assist in that process. I speak from a place of having grown my career from working at my kitchen table, which is where I started, sitting doing nails and doing a bit of Indian head massage was my first skills that I had. And um, and then I took that mobile and used to travel around a little bit. And I used to also go to do a lot of different events, pamper evenings. And I used to have a, my own business um, with a friend that we used to 
do pamper parties at different people's houses. And from there, I ended up working in a salon on a self-employed basis. And then finally ending up um, having my own proper business on my own as a home salon. And that then led in later years, I was there for about four or five years. And that then led on to the development of what became Gorgeous and Outer Beauty Emporium and my award-winning salon that I had for just short of 10 years. And now I'm on this really weird journey back to being a home salon owner again, which I never really thought I was going to do. But having moved and I've got a perfect outbuilding and it just seems to, it just is something that's naturally evolved. And so I'm going to go back and um, continue some face-to-face work and yeah, just with a slightly different market. But all of this means that as I'm talking about all of this with you, that I'm actually going back through this process myself as well. As part of the journey that I'm on, I've had to re-examine what my work model is, how my location is going to work, how I want it to be, how many hours I want to work and who I want to attract as clients. Basically, I have kind of gone back to square one. But I think that's a really healthy thing to do sometimes is like take a step back and just evaluate where you're at, what you want to do and how you want to achieve it. And I know for me, going forward, I am going to have very, very set hours with very set boundaries. I'm going to be targeting a very specific group of women. And my treatment list will have shrunk probably by about two thirds from what it was when I had my salon. And it's going to be very, very specific. And I'm not going to be working outside of the hours that I do not want to work. I'm not going to be doing treatments I don't want to do and that I don't enjoy. And it's going to be a really, really refreshing way of having a salon business. So I hope you kind of join me on this journey. And so each week at the moment, I'm going to be probably still throwing in the odd interview here and there, but I'm going to be covering um, a lot of stuff that I have been looking at putting into my online course. And I just thought I'd put it into the podcast as it's there. You can listen to it while you're doing your day-to-day chores, while you're in the car, while you're walking the kids to school. And it just gives you a little bit of an insight into some of the things that I'm looking at and what I'm doing to rebuild my home salon business. And I thought that might be quite a useful journey to go on. So what have I done to reach my decisions and what am I going to be doing in my new world? Um, I've really had to look at my why and finding my why has been really, really important. Your why is your reason, your purpose, the point of what it is that you're trying to achieve. And there's five questions that you should should probably have a think about and would help give you a clearer idea of your why and I'd like to just ask you just when you've got a moment and you've got a pen and paper just sit and write these out and just spend a couple of minutes just thinking about these points because they really are important so why do you want to start a salon business what is it that's making you want to go down that road so just write a few lines out you know a bit of journaling just understanding why you feel passionate about doing that. What is it that you do that you want to give to your clients? How can you help those people? What is it that you are going to put in front of them that they're not going to be able to say no to? Thirdly, why should they come to you? What makes you stand out in amongst all of that local salon business chatter? What do you do that stands out? What is your USP? Fourth, why do you need to have your own salon business to make your impact? Do you have to put yourself through being a sole trader and a business owner to achieve what you want to achieve? Can you do that by working for somebody else? 
is because it's, it, I know for many people that's seen as quite a negative nowadays to be an employee. But do you know the, the benefits of it and and if you get the right employer, how you can grow and impact and actually still earn a good living. Lastly, what do you need to do to actually make it happen? Write a list of all the things that you need to make happen to get your dream to come to life. And there is a there's a lot of things we're going to come on to in a moment as to the things you need to consider before you start a salon business and the kind of things that you're going to need to look into research and undertake. For now though, once you've answered those questions, it should give you a clearer picture of your vision and it's going to be personal to you. So don't worry if it doesn't match Joe's down the road or Wilma's up, you know, in the next town. Everybody's dream and everybody's vision of how they get there and what they do to make it all happen is very, very individual. So what is business ownership? And I think it would really help to understand what this is before you take the leap, because I think so many people don't really get all of the nuances and the requirements that are there of running your own business. And it is a really, really open question and there's so many answers. But firstly, I just want to say it isn't the easiest of pathways, as I'm always trying to express to people, if you do it legitimately. If you do it without conforming to regulation and so on, yeah, it's probably quite simple because you just put a lot of cash in your back pocket, you don't declare anything, and therefore you don't have to abide by any rules, regulations. But if you're going to do it properly and you're going to do it legitimately, there are a lot of ways that you need to work so that you are compliant. And that is probably one of the biggest issues um, within our industry is compliance and making sure that you are working safely and appropriately for whatever sector you are in. There's so many areas that any new business owner needs to address. And I'm going to summarize here because I'm trying to generalize this and some of the things may be appropriate for mobile, some may be appropriate for commercial premises, some may be appropriate for home. But I'm going to kind of give you a big list and really and truly, you know, part of the research you need to do will tell you what ones you need to pick out of this list. And I'd say that that's probably the first thing you need to work out. This list isn't necessarily everything that needs to happen because some of the things that I'm going to mention have subcategories and then they probably have subcategories too. But and some of them will just be rabbit holes that you just disappear down for days um, in trying to investigate the right way of doing that for you and your future business. So we're going to look at your location and area that you're going to be working in and check that it is suitable for the kind of business that you want to create. Look at transport for you and your clients. And if you're mobile, this also includes the kind of vehicle that you're going to use for your business what type of business you are going to have and any special requirements that this brings. So if you're going to be a home-based salon, if you're going to be a mobile business, if you're going to be a commercial premises, all of those different scenarios, or if you're going to be in events, all of those different scenarios have different things that you need to consider in setting up your business. You need to look at local authority for planning and environmental health, particularly, 
and in some authorities you may also need licensing hmrc to make sure that you are tax compliant if you need legal advice this may be the case if you're going into a partnership or if you are going to be taking on premises you may need to have legal advice to help you um, go through that process and also there may be legal requirements around limited companies and all that kind of thing as well you may need to take on the services of an accountant for um, bookkeeping and for tax purposes that's something to look at Look at your relevant insurances for both your treatment insurance, your public liability and any other insurances for stock. If you've got a vehicle that you're going to be using for mobile, you need to check your insurance covers you to do that. And also do make sure that if you have a regular car that you're using within your business, that you make sure that you advise your car insurance company that you are using your vehicle for business purposes. And this will help with insurance to make sure that if you are carrying stock and inventory or any cash, that kind of thing, then you can discuss that with your insurance broker. Look at the proximity of where you are going to be in relation to other salon businesses. If you're mobile, do you overlap other people's territories? If you are a commercial premises, have you got a now salon down the road or the next door is going to be a hair salon? Check out all of your local competition and make sure that, I mean, it may be that you want to be quite an aggressive takeover of the area, but if you want to get along with your local competition, then consider whereabouts you place yourself and how that appears to the general public and to your competitors and also how you feel as a person about having those other businesses around you. If you're going to be residential, then you need to have considerations of whether your landlord allows this, whether your mortgage company allows it. You need to check your home insurance and things like that too. Um, Health and safety, this covers everybody and you need to make sure that you are complying with health and safety regulations. Some of it is across the board. Some of it is for companies that have more than five employees, but there are a lot of health and safety regulations that are required whether you are a solo person or employ a thousand people. Client communication systems. This is another thing. Make sure whether you want to use your mobile for your business, then that way you will be interrupted when you're having your dinner because clients will be phoning you and contacting you. You may want a separate mobile. If you're in a premises, you're going to possibly be looking to have a landline. So how are your clients going to communicate with you on a vocal basis? Um, you may not want to have a vocal basis. I know with my new business and my or my new home salon, I'm really veering towards the fact that I'm only going to accept email communications. I don't want my time being swamped by people phoning me or texting me and I don't want that invasion into my private space. So make sure that you're happy with how your clients are going to communicate with you. You can do that through a booking system. Um, they can You can receive messages and so on through lots of different booking systems. And you do need to look at how you are going to take your appointments. Online booking systems are fantastic for doing this. And they also can create a payment portal for you as well, which is another thing that you need to consider is how you're going to take payments, where that money is going to be deposited. So whether you're going to have a business bank account, which is always the best option because it just keeps everything completely separate from your personal. And then when you're doing your tax return each year you only have one bank account to reconcile and believe me it's so much more easy to do it that way um, also you need to think about your hours of operation and how many days a week you're going to be open whether you're going to be working during the day whether you're going to be working of an evening if you want to open weekends 
all of that stuff is really vital and getting that right from the beginning is very very important in setting boundaries and managing your client expectations when I open my new home salon I literally will be doing two seven hour days of availability and that is going to be it and if I sway from that somebody please just stop me um the whole point of my new life up in um, Norfolk is to have the escape to the country dream that we've been having for years and years and years and that means um not working ourselves into the ground I've been doing that for too many years 50 60 hours a week when I have my salon and now it's time to just kind of mix it up a little bit and I do want to remain client facing and keeping my hand in on practical skill so I think 14 hours a week two days is more than enough to do that and my boundaries are being set very very clearly and I am hoping that I will not be swayed from that um other things that you need to consider and these are really really vital for attracting clientele is branding so that's who you are what you do and how you put that out to market um and that will be your business name your colors the fonts you use all that kind of stuff comes under branding marketing is the next one which is about how you put your wares out to the potential clients and how you tell them about what you do how you do it and all of those details that make them want to come to you so it's about sending out your offers sending out your price lists and all of that kind of stuff is all marketing a lot of this takes place on social media but do be aware that there is a massive turn at the moment on particularly on Facebook but also on Instagram anything that seems to be managed by Meta that people's accounts are being taken over by hackers and they are losing all of their history, their content. They are losing all of those contacts. And so there is a recommendation amongst many, many people that um, advise in this area that you also build an email list because email remains yours. No one can touch it. You can keep it on your computer, on a disk drive, wherever you want to, you can keep that email list so it's safe. And that means you always have contact with your clients. So look at email systems such as MailChimp, MailerLite. They can help you communicate with your clients away from social media. And if you educate your clients in the fact that you don't operate fully on social media and that you do send them emails and that any information that may be of interest to them will be sent via email, people do kind of get into that and they will start opening and clicking those emails. So do consider how you want to do that. You may also, if you're going to be opening a commercial premises, you may need to look at how you're going to staff that premises. And that would then also lead into HR payroll and all of those areas. You will need to look at your equipment and furniture. You will also need to look at your products and stock. All of those things are like the background of what make your business able to function and able to provide services to a client so you are going to need to look at your chairs your massage couches mirrors furniture cabinets all sorts of different things and then you've got to look at your inventory which is the products that you're going to be using in salon and also at your retail products that you're going to be selling to your clients and then finally probably the most exciting bit that you get to do when starting a business is launching it this is the really exciting bit and it's when all of that hard work that you've put in for weeks, months 
and possibly even years comes to fruition. You have your friends and family there. If you have clients already, then maybe they come along too. And all of it is a celebration of the hard work that you've put in and also the future of this really amazing business that you have created. So there's a really quite long list of the different things that you may want to consider. But what's going to help you get there is your skill base. And we're going to talk about understanding your skills and how you can use them to make this be a successful salon startup. Skills are the things that help us get through each day on a personal and a professional level. From an early age, we must master how to get up and get our day started. You know, that's just like the first skill is actually getting out of bed. And for some of us, that really can be a skill on Sundays. Um, making those wise choices on the best way to achieve a goal, usually using our heads, hands and our hearts in combination. As we grow, more skills are added and eventually we need to earn a living. So we acquire vocational skills to enable this to happen too. Some of these skills are seen as task specific. For example, and I'm going to use this a very generic example, but it kind of captures how we use our different skills. So we're going to look at cake baking, a little bit out there really for the nano beauty industry, but it involves a lot of different skills, many of which are transferable skills, such as decision making on flavour, um, reading the recipe, following instructions, measuring, manually stirring, decanting to baking tins, the timing, judgment on completion, decoration, slicing into portions, and the best bit of course, eating it all. But you can see how many skills we use just to make a cake and starting a business is very, very similar to this. Some skills you will have been using most of your life in other jobs. These are the transferable skills. So, for example, in cake making, you know, reading the recipe, obviously you've learned to read to do a multitude of other different things. But you bring that transferable skill to making cakes. But there's a new skill when you're first making a cake and that is getting the mix right, making sure you've understood the recipe, making sure you stir it properly so you're using manual dexterity. Again, a transferable skill, but one that you use in a different way for cake baking in case you're folding in the flour. That's something you don't generally do in any other circumstance. Um, but as I say, some of the skills you will have been using all of your life in other jobs, and these would be the transferable ones. So that could be an analogy to like how most of us use Microsoft Office products like Word and Excel in many different scenarios in our lives, um, or team management skills if you've had a job somewhere that you've been in a supervisory position. But there's also then those skills that you're going to need to learn within a business, such as book basic bookkeeping or looking after the property, um, facilities management, looking after um banking and all of that kind of stuff and things like stock management and inventory control a lot of those are going to be new and you know and that happens to kind of correlate with like the cake baking thing it's like you know if you don't know how to ice a cake you can bring other skills to that that you may have learned elsewhere I hope that will make sense it is a bit of a, it's a bit of an odd analogy but I really hope it makes sense is that there's so many things we do every day in life where we bring all of those learned skills that we already have and then to make that task achievable 
We just have to add a few extra to it. And that's what I'm trying to put across to you. So have a think about what skills you already have under your belt and which ones you need to think about gaining to see how far you travel until you're ready to start your salon business successfully. Because if you haven't got those extra skills in place now, you kind of really need to get them together before you start the journey or start learning them on the way as you're developing other areas. So start with the things that you know already that you can do and then you just need to start adding the skills. It's like with what I'm doing with my new home salon that I'm going to be doing, I'm going to be targeting very specifically um, mature women that are menopausal. That's going to be my demographic. So I don't have all those skill bases there. So whilst I've been building the salon and doing all the things that I do know how to do, I've also been taking a course um, in menopause mentoring and doing all of that area that I haven't had previously so this is where you know you need to really really sit down and look at what it is that you want to offer and how you can get there and I know with what I've been doing that I've I know I know how to create a home salon I know how to build a commercial premises salon so all of that experience that I've got I'm now putting into practice so all of that stuff that I used to get so stressed over I've been there done it bought the t-shirt so now you know making a decision on the colors making a decision on the website making a decision on the name all of those things are far less stressful to me now than they were previously I don't put so much energy into having to do that because I kind of know that what I'm what I'm picking will probably work because i I kind of know what it is I'm working towards. And so my goals are very set and very defined, but I just need to plug the gaps of the bits of knowledge that I don't have. And that's where I've been doing additional training and making sure that I'm on top of my game so that when I do launch the business in a couple of weeks, everything's ready to go. And that's all you can do really when you're trying to start a business is just make sure that you've looked at what you can do what you need to do, what you want to do, and how to make all of those things combine and happen. And always, always look to your peers, look to industry mentors, so that those of us that have been there before you, you know, there's huge numbers of coaches and mentors like myself that are more than happy to help and to give people advice. Sometimes, you know, if it's a a quick thing, we can do that with, you know, a quick call or with a quick message. But if you want more detailed information or support, then obviously that does come at a cost and and it's worth making that investment. Several times over the years, I've invested in that kind of support and it always helps whether it's something that you need to do for your personal well-being and for pushing you forward so that you have a mentor just helping you with your plans and all that kind of stuff or whether it's something that's very much more business orientated. Whichever it is, it's always worth making that investment in yourself and your business. What I'd really, really recommend is just get a piece of paper and just put one heading transferable skills or existing skills and then another one of skills to learn. And just sit down. If you if you really are about to start this journey, sit and write down all of the skills. I mean, it's a bit really like you do for a CV. You know, sit and write all of those skills that you have that are suitable for the, the job that you want, which is to be a a business owner write down all of those skills every job you've been in every experience you've had sit and evidence out all of those different things that you've done and then have the list of skills to learn 
This can be what are referred to as soft skills, which are things like the business management side of things. But they can also be, you know, you may want to take on new treatments. You may take on new products that need um, training and education to make sure that you are able to carry out those treatments how the product company want you to you know there's a lot of product companies have very set routines and very set ways of using their products and they go put you through their training to make sure that you make the most of what it is you're buying from them so you're going to have some some nice probably more practical stuff in there as well but the business side I cannot emphasize enough how important it is to have just a basic grasp of basic bookkeeping having an understanding of what the health and safety is that relates to your business having an understanding of what being compliant means for your business and all of those skills those are probably going to be new to you so just make sure all of those are written down and I'm sure you will find that your transferable or existing skill set is vast and the skills that you need to learn probably is much smaller. So don't be daunted by it, but do just take your time. It isn't a race. No one has to open a business within two months of leaving their course. It takes time to create something that's going to be successful and the more effort you put in and the more work you put in before you launch, the more successful you're likely to be. I really hope that's given you a little bit of an insight into the things that you're going to need to look at before you open your business. And also just a little bit of an insight into what's going through my head at the moment as I'm about to relaunch my home salon side of things. And um, I will keep you posted with that probably more in the group than on here. But uh, I will be, as I say, over the coming weeks looking much more at the things around how you start your business and a lot of the things on that big list in the middle I will be looking at in more detail so thank you very much for listening and I will catch you next week bye for now thank you for listening to inspiring salon professionals if you've enjoyed the podcast please subscribe leave a review and share with fellow industry professionals that you think may enjoy the show Links and further information can be found on the show notes or on my website, www.suedavies.org. Here you can also find some downloadable free guides that you may find of use. You can also hear from me and join the inspiring Salon Professionals community on my Facebook group. Thanks again and see you next time. Bye for now.